Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, and I am very excited uh, for this episode. We're changing it up just a little bit. Normally, uh, you get to hear from one of our team members, some of our pastors, staff, uh, but today you get to hear from uh, some missionaries that we sent out uh, about five years ago, uh, and they were actually our first missionaries that we sent out here uh, from Redemption Chapel, and that was something we uh, wanted to do for a while and, and was excited to send them out. We've sent a few since then, but uh, we wanted to get them on the podcast to just kind of talk to them a little bit um, about their journey and then also to give you as our listeners um, just a glimpse into kind of what a world of a missionary looks like and some of the things they can uh, encourage us towards uh, while we're here. So uh, we're not going to mention names, so if you're wondering what their names are, sorry, we're not going to give that to you. Uh, For security reasons, we are going to keep that out of this podcast, so you will not hear their names throughout. Um, So uh, welcome, guys, to the podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. We're doing good. So who's more nervous here? Oh, me. Not that you could even say (laughs) (laughs) it. Me for sure. (laughs) Well, it's going to be great, guys. So, so tell us. uh, We got a couple. We got a some. We'll get. We'll see how many questions we get through. But we got some questions for you. Uh, But to kind of get started, I mean, people are listening. Obviously, we're not going to drop your names, but uh, we can talk a little bit about where your missionaries too. So, if you don't mind telling us, kind of give us a peek where you guys currently serving as missionaries. Yeah, so we're currently serving in Southeast Asia. Um, we've been living there since the beginning of 2017. Had to come back at the start of COVID because mm. the place that we're living and serving is a developing country. And so kind of a long story, you can ask us sometime <laughs> in the hallways after church, but um, we did have to come back during that time. And there's a lot that's happened in the country that we're serving in um, just politically that's made it. Um, impossible for us to go back. So we are going to be leaving here in the next few months prayerfully, but we're going to take a little pivot and go to a neighboring country and serve the same people in one of the neighboring countries. So we're looking forward to that. Nice. So how long long have you been back now? Has it been two years? A year and a half. Yeah, it's been over almost a year and a half. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us a little bit. I mean, one of the questions I think a lot of people would be curious to know for you guys is, is when did you start feeling that call to go into vocational uh, missionary work? So when did, you know, I know, I know a little bit of your backstory. I mean, you guys were doing different jobs, but then at some point you decided to to uproot and go across the globe. So, so when did that call kind of start for you guys? Yeah. So for both of us, actually, it started as kids. So I would say sometime around middle school. I don't know the exact age for me, but a little bit early middle, middle school. Um, heard a missionary couple talking at a church, and I was like, that is so cool. Why can't I do something like that? And what's crazy about it is I didn't really understand grace even at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think for me, like I knew I wanted to serve God with my life, but I didn't understand um, his grace and his love for me yet. And so as mm-hmm. I started to understand that more in college, 
um, missions just kind of came naturally with it, I guess, for me. Like, I understood about his love and his grace and that he called us to serve and to tell others about that. And so I'm like, all right, well, where can I go? And took a few short-term trips through college. And yeah, and he just kind of started to slowly plant the seed at that time, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. And I would say for me, I, I was similar that, you know, I had some opportunities to do some missions work when I was pretty young. And you know, I grew up in the church and had opportunities to do that and, you know, got to see, you know, God work and move in places that are outside of my, you know, home bubble. Hmm. I would say as I've continued to walk with the Lord and continue to grow my relationship with him, I don't know if there's one specific no- moment that we can point back to and say, you know in this dream or in this you know, yeah. t- time of prayer, you know, we felt God directly tell us, you need to go here. Um, but as we've kind of gone through this journey, God's slowly continued to open, here's the next step. And Yeah. So when you guys got to that point of, of being on the same page of, all right, we're ready to do this, um, kind of what, what, what was the process like? Because, I mean, Obviously, you don't just decide to be a missionary to a foreign country, and then the next day you're hopping on a plane. I mean, there's there's some work that goes in. So, like, give us a peek, because I don't think, you know, I don't even know if I know the full uh, process, and I'm sure our listeners, like, what are some of those steps you had to take from deciding to go to actually going? Well, I think for us, um, actually, when we started dating back in college, it was something that, it was a conversation that came up while we were dating, and... At one point, she pretty much said, this is something that's really serious to me. I'd really like to do this at some point. I feel like God's leading me in this way. And for me, I'd never, up to that point, I'd never really made any kind of commitment or was actively working towards overseas ministry specifically. But I took that to heart, and I really realized, okay, you know, I, I want, should be serious about this and want to be heading in the direction or, you know, am I headed in the right same direction as, as her? And so that, that kind of was the beginning step and process. And then, you know, as our relationship grew and, you know, we got married, it continued to be something that was in the back of our mind and something that we were actively working towards once we got married and, you know, working, um, it was kind of always our goal that we had set of, okay, we feel like God has laid this on our heart to do at some point, and so we're going to actively work to, towards that. Yeah, I would say, um, so what did that look like practically? Um, I just, kind of like any job, you kind of look at like, all right, what are the gaps that I have here? So um, my vocation in college was nursing, and I knew I wanted to serve uh, whatever community or would like to, that was what I had planned, to serve whatever community we were going into um, as a nurse. And so, okay, it'd probably be good to get some experience as a nurse first. So I'm like decent at it before I go over and try to teach someone else. And we also had some student loans to pay off. We felt like that was important. So um, yeah, we worked really hard in the first couple of years to kind of get rid of those so that way we could be unburdened, you know, um, going over. We also did training. There's a lot of classes out there that talk about the history of missions and 
So we did some of those types of things, uh, looked in different, different organizations. That's all stuff that like, um, yeah, a pastor walked through that with us and kind of gave us some guidance and some direction. And also there were other missionary mentor couples in our lives. That was really important to have them in our lives, like kind of guiding us and giving us things to look at. But yeah, kind of similar to any other job that you're walking into. You know, you want to figure out like, okay, what can I do? Oh, this was a big one. I felt like yeah, I really want to serve a population that's different than me, but uh, I haven't really been to, around too many populations of people that are different than me. So um, yeah, I jumped in, got a job in East Cleveland and worked with people who are very different than me and worked taking care of people that were really different than me. And that was so huge, just that like hands-on experience of getting to, um, yeah, just be in a different culture, so to speak, mm -hmm. than what I had always grown up in. So that was a big one, I would say. That's yeah. pretty key to anyone who's interested in doing something overseas is get some experience in that way. And do you guys, the stuff you guys were doing kind of in those, you know, before you even made that decision to really go, like your jobs you were doing back here, are those things that you have continued to do overseas? Like how, you know, I think, depending on where you go overseas, mm -hmm. you can be a little more open. I'm here to share the gospel. Some places you can't say that. So like yeah. for you guys, how, how has your past jobs kind of impact what you're doing now overseas? Yeah, they've, they've played a really big role because the country that we are working in, you can't openly be a missionary and gotcha. be you know, sharing the gospel. And so, you know, we've been able to take our careers and, not only serve the people in the local church there, but also to um... open doors for the gospel. For us, it's been a huge part of our ministry of just being able to come alongside locals and give them a platform that they can do their thing, you mm -hmm. know, and just kind of play a supporting role through our vocation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, many people don't know. I mean, the graphics, you, you did graphics for our church for a long time. Yeah. And even since you've been back, you've helped with some of that. So, yeah. um, and you guys, I know we're both, I think my, my first ever student ministry volunteers like years ago. So, wow, <laughs> throwback there. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for doing that, guys. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. <laughs> it was good preparation. I yeah, definitely good preparation. <laughs> So, uh, so, so, what would you guys say when when you think about your time overseas so far in Southeast Asia? I mean, what what are some of the ways you have seen God uh, work um, in your context over there? I think at first, it's you get to a new place and a new culture, and there's a huge learning curve that takes place, and um, just getting up to speed on what life, what it looks like to live life in a new culture and a new place. So it, t it takes a long time. So one of the, the ways that we kind of plugged in and served is how can we serve what God is doing here already? Uh, where is, where's the local church and how can we plug in and, you know, help them? Um, so what that looked like in the beginning is, you know, there was a local church that had, was teaching English and so we were able to be English teachers and, you know, the students paid to be a part of those classes and that money then went to help with the rent and for their apartment essentially where they met. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that way we were helping, you know, that local pastor and the local believers to give them a place to, to meet and, you know, give him an opportunity to, to serve and continue to reach out to the people there. Um, 
and then a little bit later we we changed uh, what we were doing some and I was then working for a foundation that had and that employs people with disabilities and it was started by some local Christians and um, so I was able to take my graphic skills and ability and plug in with them and they actively you know ministered and came alongside the people within our workshop. Mm-hmm. So we had 25 people within our workshop that were working there and they were all um, non-believers. We would start out our workshop day with prayer and every during lunch um, we would they would always have kind of a you know sometimes it was just about basic life, you know, <laughs> one was like how to wash your hands or you know you know, Which basic really health stuff. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, and I mean, you're working with a... It was important. It yeah. was important then, too. It's important now, yeah. But um, <laughs> but then, you know, you're able to, you know, kind of work, continue to minister. And um, there's one or two people that have come to know the Lord in mm-hmm. that group. And that's very active uh, in that way. So we, we've seen God work and move in those elements by kind of taking our skills and abilities and plugging into, you know, the local church and believers there and what they're doing and uh, coming alongside them Mm -hmm. and, you know, further helping them to, to minister to the people there as well. Well, I think one thing you mentioned that was cool, even how you started all that was there's, I think there's a lot of people we have a misconception, like missionaries go to whatever country it is and you're like, all right, I'm here to tell you everything. I'm here to like run this church, this business, let's mm-hmm. do it. But for, you know, you mentioned it, like look for the ways you went and you look for the ways God was already working in churches and ministries and how can you come alongside um, and support them? Cause yeah, we, we don't need to export, you know, American Christianity when we be missionaries, we mm-hmm. export the gospel and, and there's already people doing that in those countries. So how can you support them? So that's really cool. Any, any ways you want to mention you've seen God work? Yeah, I think for me it's twofold. It's both in my own life. So um, I've told people this before, but I feel like the scripture really came like alive to me serving overseas. Um, just these stories of getting stuck in the middle of nowhere and wondering, like, how are we going to get out of this situation? There's no place for us to stay tonight. Our bus tickets got canceled. And like, okay, well, I know God is the God who goes before me and behind me and lays his hand upon me. And he is in this season and in this moment with me. And I just have to trust that and have faith in it. And so, yeah, just seeing this God's word come alive to me, I felt like that happened so much during our time there and still is happening. Um, I would say the other way that I feel like God has worked since being overseas, just for me, a lot of my ministry, I was working in a hospital as a nurse educator, and uh, the country that we live in, there are some Christians, but they're kind of the ethnic minorities, and so um, I wanted to help give them confidence and a voice in the hospital because they just were kind of not necessarily looked upon as highly as some of the others that were from a different um, 
yeah, culture, different religious background. And so um, I felt like for me, a lot of my role was, yeah, not being afraid to have conversations with my Buddhist coworkers when they asked about what I believe and, you know, taking the moments that I could to share bits and pieces of my faith with them. But then also like when I did run into a Christian who was from an ethnic minority, really giving them like confidence, asking them their story, asking them what they've been through. And just me as a teacher in the hospital, giving someone who would not normally be looked on super positively, like a ton of attention and um, respect and yeah, hearing their story, I was hoping would kind of give them like an elevated status in the hospital where others might want to hear their story too. So like just propping up the local Christians that were there, um, that was something that was always really important to us. Um, another way, of course, you know, I have a really close friend, so she's probably the number one way that I've seen God work. I'm still in contact with her almost every day, even now. And yeah, just being able to take the opportunities that I have to pray with her and for her, um, share scripture. That's been really cool to see. I don't know. It's just always humbling to be used by the Lord. So the moments that he's given me to be able to share with her has been really cool. So, so what would you guys say is, I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of joys. There's some things that God has done over there, but, um, with that comes challenges. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's many, but what, what would be some of the challenges that maybe are unique, uh, for you guys that you have going overseas to a new culture, um, as missionaries? So we can spend many. a whole, con- yeah. we can spend a whole podcast on <laughs> these if we want to <laughs> Stomach illness? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of our life overseas. It's like not Trying getting food, food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, you're having a good week. <laughs> if you make it home on the bus without getting sick, that's a good sign. It's a good day. <laughs> do you guys like the food where you're at? Has it been? We do, actually, I yeah, would say. Yeah, we do. I mean, we miss it now that we don't. Yeah, we try to cook that's it at funny. home, and it's just not the same. Yeah. What's, but, what's the closest food back here to where you guys are in Southeast Asia. Like if, when you come back here, like if I eat that, it feels, I don't even want to guess cause I'll probably not, you know. I mean, there's nothing close as far as no. the, that food. country what specific I make at home food. Is the closest thing that look at. Indian food. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say there's Indian food or Indian restaurants around here that we go to that are pretty close. They're so really no, like good. Chick-fil-A is not, not a thing. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's KFC. But there's oh, KFC. KFC. <laughs> of course there's KFC. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So in, in, in addition to the stomach. Serious challenges <laughs> about being overseas. Yeah. Which is legit. Food, yeah, I could imagine. But yeah, what are some of the other challenges that you guys have faced? <laughs> yeah, I, I said a little bit, but you know, when you first get over there, I mean, you don't know the language. You know, it was the first time we'd lived in a culture that was completely different than ours. And so, and we had little idea of where anything was. It was like, hmm. where do you buy food? Where do you buy? <laughs> and there's a right place to buy food and a wrong place to buy food. There's, that's true. We know that here. There's <laughs> right places that you should yeah. go and places you might not. It's all the stuff from. that we don't think about day yeah. to day. You just mm-hmm. do it. You're thrown into a new culture and now you're, I've never thought about what grocery store to go. Like, yeah. only, I think, or about what prices. restaurants to eat yeah. at or anything. What yeah. restaurants not to yeah. eat at. Yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. So, you know, you spend, I mean, we probably Years. spent the first, two years just trying to get our feet underneath of us and, and figure that out. And I mean, quite honestly, it was probably, you know, I'd say for myself, at least it was probably the first year was probably the hardest year of my life, (laughs) you know, just 
trying to adjust to that and, and going through that. So there's a lot of challenges, uh, with that. And, um, I would say, obviously there's the ones that everyone thinks about loneliness, being away from family, friends, community, fellowship. Um, but just, I think also like worldview is so different there and the way that they see the world and kind of wrapping your mind around, learning that, wrapping your mind around around it, accepting it, that's a huge one. So I always talk about like the lies, for example, like for us, it's like lying is like a big no, right, in our culture. But for them, you'd rather not hurt someone's feelings. So it's actually better to lie to them and then hurt their feelings about something. Oh, wow. yeah. So like... One, learning that. Two, embracing that. Experiencing that. So how do they really feel? I will never know how this person Uh, really feels, but I'm still supposed to be really good friends with them, even though I don't actually know how they feel about this. And, you know, but they're also accepting it. But it's great that they don't want to hurt my feelings. And, you know, just some of those, like, yeah, nuances of living in a different culture can be really challenging once you get below, like, the surface challenges of, like, trying to form deep friendships with people and stuff with different worldviews can be really tough. So. Yeah. Well, even, you know, I, we've talked about this before, but, and I see it even on the notes we've shared. I mean, in America, when I meet someone new, you know, one of the common conversations, like, the weather, like, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> warm, it's cool, like, so, so just kind of to give the listeners, I know what it is, but like, what, what, how does that translate over there? Yeah. So, I mean, talk about the weather ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, in American culture, we talk about, especially in Northeast Ohio, oh, totally. we, we talk about the weather all the time. Yep. It's, it's one of the staples in, you know, daily conversation, but you know, we get over there and our, our first language lesson you learn, uh, you know, this have you phrase, eaten yet today? yeah. Have you eaten yet today? And we're like, why would you ever ask that question? And it's <laughs> like, that is, instead of asking, how are you? And, you know, talking about the weather or whatever, you ask, you know, have you eaten today? And then you ask about like what you've eaten and stuff. And it's like, well, why would we talk about it's this? Like but it's like the icebreaker. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So it's just like, you know. How you about- cook it. Once you're a girl, you get into like, how do you cook it? What spices do you use? And that's like how you get to know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> how do they make their curry? <laughs> So a lesson for our listeners is we should stop talking about the weather. <laughs> and next time you meet someone, have you eaten today? Yeah. yeah. What you have for breakfast? <laughs> so, so one question I, I do want to throw at you guys. Uh, you know, obviously we, we're, we're still in a world that COVID's very much uh, still talked about. We're still feeling the, the effects of that. And um, I think we forget, you know, sometimes as Americans, we're, we're very locked into what's happening here and not realize mm-hmm. that, man, COVID has impacted everything around the globe. So for you guys as missionaries, even in your context where you're at in Southeast Asia, I mean, how, how has COVID impacted your work? Um, you know, and, and what does that maybe mean for your future? And you could even speak to other missionaries too. I mean, obviously yeah. there's a, you guys feel it in a way that we don't. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, we made the decision to come back because of COVID, um, you know, m- one of the reasons why I was, um, I was working in the hospital yeah. there and, you know, she was seeing firsthand really their response to it and what was going to take place and how the lack of preparation and yeah, yeah it was really hard to see. And, you know, we had our son at the time was only 10 months old and there was so many unknowns in the beginning and, you know, we were trying to do the best we can as parents and, you know, living in, 
a really challenging place and really poor healthcare of, okay, how can we make the best decision for our family and, you know, what we're doing here? And, you know, we honestly thought, you know, when we made the decision to come back, um, we honestly thought we'd be here like five or six months. Like most people thought, oh, a couple months, we'll lock down and then we'll be, yeah. yeah. It's going to be like (laughs) a famous last words. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And once COVID did hit there, I mean, we there there's people that when missionaries that we knew that stayed back and they were in lockdown for two or three months. They not allowed to leave. Yeah. They were not allowed to leave, and yeah. that has happened around the world. I mean, countries and places around the world have gone on to lockdown, and you know, missionaries and the people that are working there have had to be locked in their houses <laughs> for yeah. a couple months and, you know, figuring out what ministry and life looks like when you can't really leave. And, you know, a lot of people have come back and, you know, some people aren't returning because of that. And, okay. you know, some of the challenges of that. And I, I don't know if there's really the vision of what the future will look like of mission, missions hmm. around the world. I don't know what that has really come to light yet because I, we're still in the midst of it and yeah. things are still unfolding. But and it I might mean, look different depending on yeah, where you countries. go. To. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's a country by country basis. So it'll be really interesting to kind of see the ripple effect of how this plays out in the long term and, you know, how God works through it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, too, for like the local church there. Um, yeah. So, like, the organization that you were a part of is not meeting now because they're at risk population and they don't feel like and they're not vaccinated yeah they're not vaccinated there's yeah so um they're not able to provide income for those people without outside sourcing right and funding and those people aren't able to be poured into like they were before and then like the local church that we were a part of there's just so many needs a lot of people aren't able to work because of Um, COVID in the area that we were because things just still aren't up and running. Kids aren't in school yet. Um, People aren't really back to their workplaces. And so um, the church just has, uh, is having a hard time meeting all the needs of the people. I still don't think our, the church that we were actively attending there has met in person for almost two years. A year and a half. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And that is, it's, I'm I'm glad you guys even share that. I think it's sobering for us here because we, I think we, as a church, at least for our church, we've We've been blessed to, you know, be back in person for mm-hmm. a while now, and and we haven't dealt with many kind of outbreaks or whatever. Like we're, you know, we're pretty much back up and running, but yeah. we forget so often. There's, you know, our brothers and sisters across the globe who are, you know, longing to be together in person. That totally. you know they don't mm-hmm. have some of the stuff we have in America to to do that safely. And so, yeah. um, man, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard. I, we both have social media accounts there, and it's hard to see just the dichotomy of what they're going through and also be grateful for what we have here. But, yeah, we're grateful that we're able to meet here and also just continuing to pray for and support our friends back there as much as we can. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you. i got two more questions, and I want to kind of wrap up with these, and these definitely uh, give you, gives you guys a chance to kind of speak to our listeners because um, one of the uh, one of our goals for this episode has been to uh, we want a, a challenge you know our listeners that um, you know maybe there's a missionary listening but predominantly most of the people listening to this uh, are not vocational missionaries um, but that doesn't mean we're off the hook um, for for supporting and, and helping missionaries but also uh, living out that call on our lives even here so 
So let me just ask this, and you can kind of rattle them off. Like, how how does support from believers help you guys? So we, you know, we challenge our church to support missionaries, but exactly when they support you, uh, how does that help, and what are some of the ways they can support you? I think the first and easiest way is prayer um, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> actively praying for us and praying for missionaries around the world and even just praying for the spread of the gospel around the world. Um, you know, that's, you know, the easiest, easiest thing to do. And, um, you know, we send out an update, you know, four or five times a year that usually has some specific prayer requests. Um, the place that um, we're serving is called an unreached place, which means very, very small percentage of people have ever heard the gospel. And so we always say they're unreached for a reason. So <laughs> just prayer for the people there, that the Holy Spirit would be at work, and prayer for us as we're ministering to them um, is a huge one. Also, fellowship and encouragement. I think that's one of the hardest things for me about being overseas is I miss that element of fellowship that I get. Sure, I have some believing friends and stuff there, but um, so anytime that a community group reaches out to ask us how they can pray for us or someone sends like a letter or a card or an email, like that's just always like so life-giving for me. Hmm. I've definitely glued, taped them to my wall many times cool. <laughs> as people send cards and it's like become like my wallpaper <laughs> in different seasons when it's just been hard. So yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. And finally, um, obviously it takes finances to live over there and, um, you know, even though we use our jobs and, you know, work in that context. It's not <laughs> the money that, I mean, I personally did not make any money. Katie made a small amount, small amount. Yeah. <laughs> um, but being able to live there and support our family and being able to get back and, mm-hmm. you know, have insurance, like, you know, all of that we have to raise money for. And so, hmm. you know, being able to have financial partners who care about the ministry with us is really huge. Yeah, and what we'll do is we'll uh, um, I'll drop my email in the um, the notes of this episode, and if you want to get in contact with this couple, if you would like to support them in any of these ways they mention, um, I can always give you their info. And so, if you're listening and you're interested in that, feel free to check out uh, my email in the notes, so we can ha- help you do that. Thanks. Uh, so let me end with this, guys. Let me give you a chance to almost uh, teach us a little bit. So, <laughs> so I want you to kind of encourage us as believers back here in the States. Uh, if there was some things like, man, I wish every believer understood this or did this when it comes to missions, uh, what would it be? Yeah, um, I'll start with this. Is um, I think one of the first things is missions overseas is not easy. Um, and it and it doesn't happen quickly at all. Um, a lot of these places are unreached for a reason. And, you know, the place that we're serving um, is unreached for a reason. And it's often because of cultural background or political history. There, there's a lot of, you know, each place and each unreached um, group around the world is unreached for a reason. And so actively reaching out to them is challenging and it takes a long time. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, too, that um, the reason that we keep saying unreached and the, um, focusing on unreached people is that um, we believe that Jesus has called us to reach every town and nation and every people group around the world. And when we say unreached, it means that less than 2% of that population actually come, knows the Lord. And so we're going there 
to kind of help them and actively reach out to that specific people group Mm -hmm. so that more people come to know the Lord and that it continues Mm -hmm. to spread and and I would say, um, for me, what do I wish every believer understood about missions? Um, just the joy of doing it. I love the verse, um, Ephesians 2.10, right on the heels of hearing about God's grace and love for us is the fact that he has this purpose and this plan and this role for us. And I just think that is so cool. And it is crazy hard um, to reach out to people who are very different than you. And especially when you have your own insecurities and your own like, oh my gosh, could I really share with this person who is so different than me about the love of Christ? But it is also crazy awesome to be a part of what God is doing. And so for me, I think, what do I wish people knew about missions is just the joy of being able to serve and come alongside people who are different than you and share the love of Christ with them. And so, yeah, like there are, the world is in our backyard. (laughs) And so like universities, there are multiple universities nearby who have students from all around the world who literally come from backgrounds where they would maybe never even hear about Jesus in their home. Like we can tell you living in those contexts that there is very little chance for them to know about Jesus. They probably know what a Christmas tree is and who Santa is, but they probably have no clue Uh, In your English class, you shared the birth story of Jesus from the Bible. You read that with your students, and they were, like, blown away. They're like, we've never heard this story before. Like, and they had so many good questions that came out of it. And there are people like that, like, right here in our own backyard. Um, And it is scary and intimidating sometimes to reach out and to try to get to know them and, you know, knowing that they come from such different backgrounds, but it's also like super fun and a joy. And so, yeah, I guess that's what I would say is what I wish people would know about missions is that it's really fun and you should go for it if you feel God leading you in that direction and just take that step. Well, I was going to say too, I mean, Jesus actively did that in his ministry and exemplified that for us and, and called us as believers to reach across the, the cultural and race barrier, or, you know, whatever outside of our, our bubbles that we kind of build for ourselves. And, you know, you see that time and time again in, in what Jesus did in his ministry. And he said, hey, go to the nations. It's, it's easy to kind of stay in our, our bubble at times and, and, and do that. But what, what are little steps to do that can we do to you know reach out because mm. you know Akron um, right down the road has a huge refugee pos- population and there's many groups that we know of mm-hmm. that are you know from Nepal and Pakistan and you know different countries from around the world and they're right there and you yeah. know, a lot of those people yeah. Probably don't interact very often with with others. So, you know. This might be being a dead horse and going on too long. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of our favorite things to do right now, and it's different because we're not like looking at long-term ministry for us here right now because we're hoping to go back. So we're just trying to like find little ways that we can connect with people that are different than us. But like we love going up to the east side of Cleveland and taking our kids to the playground and trying to interact with all the different people that are there. Like this, we have a favorite spot, and every time we go there, we are the minority, and it is great. And, yeah, just getting to do little things like that, talking to people there um, and engaging. My son knows how to say hello in, I think, like five different languages right now. (laughs) 
which is just like fun. And it's just a great way to get to, yeah, little things that you can do to try to engage people and hopefully get to know them better and take little steps that are might feel small at times, but yeah, you never know how the Lord will use it. Yeah. So Yeah, and I, and I love how you guys went to that. I mean, I think there's, if we could get everyone in our church or everyone listening to this podcast to to think outside of their little bubble and say, you know, who who at work, who in my neighborhood, who mm-hmm. at the park with my kids, um, who are those people, you know, that I can go share the gospel with? And, uh, and a lot of times those people might look like us. Many times they're not going to like us. And that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty is go to the nations. It's everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us to, you know, capture that, that it's not just you guys going overseas sharing the gospel. We as believers every single day have that call to do that wherever we're at. Um, and the and church so. has great opportunities for that here too. Like there's ministries that... Redemption is doing here that are working with students and stuff at, yep. from other cultures and yeah, so yep. international friendship connections. So yeah, there's there's all sorts of ways you can do it. Yeah. And we'll drop that in the in the show notes. We'll drop a link to our our local mission partners. They're on our website, and you can get involved um, with some of those. So well, guys, thanks for um, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for uh, being a part of our church and and going out and sharing the gospel and. Uh, hopefully this uh, encouraged some people, gave people an insight into your world a little bit. Um, yeah, and, and we uh, we are praying for you as you head back into kind of the next chapter um, of your journey as vocational missionaries. So thanks, guys, for being on here. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next month on another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.